You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 224 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val, and I'm very excited to be speaking to the Valerie Koo, curator <laughs> of the Sydney Lunar Festival. Oh my God, amazing. <laughs> I've told everyone all along, we've been podcasting for how many years now? Three or four, right? And I keep saying, uh-huh. you guys don't know, Valerie's a big deal. She's a big deal. <laughs> she is a big deal. We're very lucky That's to have hilarious. you. That's Amazing. hilarious. That's hilarious. Amazing. Congratulations. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about Thank it? Thank so- you. Yeah, well, I'm pretty excited. So, um, the yeah, that's my big news for the week. The City of Sydney have appointed me the curator of the Sydney Lunar Festival, which is a huge arts and culture festival in Sydney, and it will be in February 2019. And it's um, it's characterised by these iconic uh, three-storey installations which line Sydney Harbour which are going to which are created by artists that I'll be curating and and working with and they will represent the 12 animals of the zodiac and they go around Sydney Harbour but there are also other events like performances and dragon boat races and talks and seminars and that sort of thing so it's the it's Sydney's third largest annual event after um, New Year's Eve fireworks and Amazing. Vivid, we often talk about Vivid yeah. being the, that real, a really popular event with photographers. And um, hopefully um, we'll organise in the future um, some more photography events, photo walks and seminars and stuff like that, hopefully, that we can, you know, chat to different people to collaborate with Um for for the Sydney Lunar Festival as well because it's a wonderful time to be in Sydney because it's summer, yeah. so it's the the most one the most beautiful time to be in Sydney, most it beautiful is. time to be on Sydney Harbour, and um, you're not only on Sydney Harbour, you're with these huge, beautiful, striking artistic installations that are great for photographers to to shoot because the backdrop. I mean, not only the installations incredible. The backdrop is is the harbour or the harbour bridge or the opera house. So it's um it's pretty exciting. I'm very excited it's about amazing, it. Amazing, Val. I'm so should be so fun. proud. And it's like I can remember little Valerie from the block. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember. We all knew you when you were like. Well, I knew you when you were Val from the block, and uh, I would fly up to Sydney and uh, stay at your one of your Sydney apartments uh, yeah. on that rollout bed. Remember <laughs> that you would the roll put out in the lounge mattress. room for me, and then I would complain. Every, How'd you sleep? I'm like the the bar hurts my hip, Val. <laughs> the mattress yeah. was so thin. Yeah, it was you know, thin. and 
but and then you like I would be like I would have I would leave my kids at like and uh that they were young I was exhausted constantly and I'd be flying up to this try and break into the photography industry up there and do uh, shoots with you and so you'd be talking you like you're a night owl and you'd be like at 11 o'clock at night (laughs) I'd be asleep (laughs) (laughs) yep Gina would fall asleep while I was mid-sentence yes and now Mm -hmm. look at you you're just like a couple (laughs) of steps away from running the place no, I don't think so. <laughs> Prime Minister of Australia, Valerie Curran. Would we still do the podcast if you became Prime Minister? <sighs> yeah, why not? Well, that's never going to happen, Gina, so I why just not? don't think that why this not? Is scenario. Well, because I have no interest in being Prime Minister of Australia. Now you don't. Like, you never wanted to paint either, did you? <laughs> right? So two years ago you decided I'm going to be a painter now and now you're a painter, right? So if you mm-hmm. in a few years go, I'm going to be Prime Minister now, which you, okay. you would say it, you'd probably say it a bit nicer than that. Uh, <laughs> you could be Prime Minister if you wanted to. I'm not going to. I have no interest. Well, look, Jada, well, if, if that day ever comes, you can say I told you so, but yeah. I pretty sure that you'll never be able to say it (laughs) all right so for now i'll just be uh like excited about the fact that you are the curator for the sydney lunar festival congratulations it's amazing thank you i'm yeah excited got a lot of work to do but it should be fun Mm. yes all right we want to give a big shout out to san diego blur from the u.s Probably from San Diego, I would say. You reckon? Because <laughs> because San Diego Blur kindly left us a five star rating on iTunes and has titled the review "A Photography Inspiration for Me." So San Diego Blur has said, Gina and Valerie provide me with several valuable tips each episode. More than mere tips, the new knowledge has been a changing force in my thirty plus year photography hobby. The shows are entertaining and enjoyable, enough to keep listening on these merits alone. The hosts are good friends who bring out the best in each other. Hearing Valerie's laugh is a must. (laughs) She's funny, organized, super smart, and a learner now building her photography. Gina talks like a friend I enjoy, starts with a few stories, and works up to a steady tide of tips that keep coming one after the other. I'm getting the benefit of a professional who has mastery of the subject. Wow, San Diego <laughs> Blur, that is awesome. Really, really cool. I lo- I thank you so much, San Diego Blur. Really, really love the fact that you've taken the time to leave us that review. And if yeah. anyone else has has time to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really be grateful because it certainly helps us in the rankings. That's really and cool, huh, Gina? Send us a photo. Why is it San Diego Blur? I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I want a photo of your backyard. I did go to San backyard. Diego. It's a lovely spot. Lovely, mm, lovely. Mm. You know, very, like it's on the water. Mm. I went on a party on a warship or something. It what? was fun. You went oh, there? I, yeah, to San Diego. Yeah. yeah. You get around, yeah, Valerie so Koo, don't you? You get around. You're now, the one now, who gets now around. You're, you're a you're, curator and no, you're, the you fly rich and around famous. all over the place. <laughs> yeah, right. You're the one that's literally jet-setting all over the place. But this is not a competition on who jet-sets because Gina wins with that one. Um, This particular episode is such a good one. I love it. How to take flattering portraits of anyone. Yeah, huh? 
this uh-huh. is so relevant to so many people. Where do we start with how to take flattering portraits of anyone? Are you sure anyone? Of anyone. But before we do that, Val, uh, mm. what I wanted to talk about, I just wanted to chat about, I did a deep dive this week into proofing images. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, right. So uh, because I was thinking of, like of better ways to deliver images to clients and like what mm-hmm. I normally do is uh, I will – upload I've got a photo shelter website and it allows me to archive my images on the back end right and so Mm -hmm. what I can do is have folders with password protected I can hide them as well so that you can hide sensitive photo shoots if you don't want you know people knowing who you photograph so and then I can share Mm -hmm. that folder with as many people as I want and they can then uh, download proofs or high res. And so that's how generally I share my images. But what about yeah. when you've got a number of people who are all collaborating on the project, on, on, the, on that project with you? And that's what I have uh, going on at the moment where I've got a number of people who are uh, from different departments of the particular shoot that I'm working on that all need to see the images. And I there, there are thousands of images, okay? And I wanted to, yeah. like, work out a bit. And I used to, back in the day, I used to supply proof sheets, at, at like physical proof sheets. And then when digital took off, I started supplying digital proof sheets mm-hmm. of images. And I did that through Photoshop. And then Photoshop, in their wisdom, I don't know why they did this, got rid of the proofing uh a tool that they had um, so you couldn't do it anymore so I stopped doing it because I couldn't find a way to do it that wasn't time consuming and then mm. I'm like I'm going to re-investigate <laughs> this because I want to work out how to d- ha- how to do it as pdf or something like that so that people could cal- mm. you know could all collaborate and so and then I just started doing a deep dive and then I realized oh this would be a good tutorial <laughs> as well so what I did <laughs> is I went through and I worked out how to do it with Lightroom and I worked out how to do it with Photoshop and then Capture One also there is a way to do proof sheets. And I did a deep dive so that like when you're proofing your images, you can decide, say if you've got a a portrait client who may be paid for the sitting but hasn't paid for their photos yet, hasn't ordered photos, then you want to protect yourself and you might want to put a watermark on those images, right? So there are ways you can do that. But what if you wanted to do something sexier? Well, all the the different types of software, Photoshop, Lightroom, Mm -hmm. Capture, all give you the option to add your logo as a watermark when you're proofing as well. You can have information down the side. You can also have the file number under each image or you can change it and you can have the technical uh, data under each image. So let's just say you're proofing images for yourself. So you're keeping a record of your images and you wanted to remember what f-stop and shutter speed and lens you used. You Mm. could proof them and have that information uh, underneath as well right. so so I did a deep dive into all of that and I've um, you know worked out how to t- to deliver so now I deliver my proofs as digital low-res files and then yeah. I also supply the client with a pdf which means that it's a one one document that they need to open they don't need to because how do you how do you look through 3,000 That is so true. Yes, So this is so organised and then they can all uh, have a look. And uh, Photoshop 
allows you and Capture One allow you to annotate those uh, PDFs. So yeah. you can you can tick what here are my yeah. selections, or you can say, yeah. I'll, I'll that they can you know I'll, I'll remove this area, or I'll add this one, or this is my first preference. All these things I think make it. Uh, a lot easier for your clients to pick and choose whether you're a portrait photographer mm. or you're a commercial photographer or you're a, an enthusiast photographer who just wants to keep better rec- – like you could you could uh, geotag the images and keep a, a file just so you remember the location that you shot in or the time of day even or the date. It's, it's yeah. really handy. So I created a, a very detailed – uh, tutorial for for the gold members in the gold community so that'll be up uh, i think in a couple of weeks so you can check that out you've been busy okay I have been busy. well yeah if you're not a member of the gold community and you want to find out a little bit more about the awesome stuff that goes on in there have a listen to this Hey guys, are you an enthusiast or pro photographer who wants to take their photography to the next level? I'd love the opportunity to work with you and I want to introduce you to my Gold Community. The Gold Community is an educational resource where members get access to photography courses and regular tutorials. There's over 200 tutorials with more being added each month. In these tutorials, I take you on set with me and I share my thought process behind scouting locations, posing and directing models, lighting and post-production. You get to see the entire shoot from start to finish, from surface in Sri Lanka using a single speed light to character portraits on the streets of Sicily using daylight or high-end studio shoots where I share all my posing and connecting hacks. There's also regular photo critiques, monthly live calls and heaps more. As a member, you'll also have access to my exclusive Facebook group and online forum where you'll be able to connect with other members from all over the world. So what are you waiting for? Join the Gold community today and start taking the kind of photos you've always dreamed of. You can check it out at ginamilitia.com. Right, so let's move on to this week's topic, which I love, how to take flattering portraits of anyone. Mm-hmm. Anyone, Gina. Anyone? anyone? <laughs> yes. Well, I thought we're leading up to party season now and mm. people are out and about taking photos, but, you know, it doesn't matter any time of the year. I thought this is always a good topic to uh, revisit and uh, talk about in depth. So, Yeah. Awesome. So where do we start? How do we take flattering portraits of anyone? Does that include ourselves? I'm not going <laughs> to. You know, Valerie Koo, how I feel about selfies. <laughs> do we need to, honestly? All right. When it, All right. Know, this is when you're taking photos of other, other people. people. I'm not going to even, like, I'm just not even going to go. Like, the day I do a podcast episode mm. on how to take flattering selfies, shoot me. It just like, I, I'll do that episode. You I'll can do, do that the one. episode and I'll just make snarky <laughs> comments. <laughs> you would not be that mean. All right, let's let's get on to it. Right. How to take flattering po- portraits of anyone. Okay, so I'm going to start mm-hmm. with the, I think this is the most important component of a good portrait and it took me 
uh, many, many years to realize this. It's your energy, your energy. And I don't mean uh, whether you've had enough sleep or not or how far you can run without chucking. How far can you run without chucking? I don't know. Do you think our North American listeners know what having a chuck means? (laughs) Uh, I yeah, isn't that a universal Do you word? Think it is? I hope so. I don't know. I hope. Okay. Well, anyway, so, so um, it's chucking, you know, barfing. Yeah. So um, okay. your energy is the what, what you bring to the shoot. Now, I used to think that it was all about the technical. Okay, if I just got the right f-stop and got them to smile and got really good lighting and had the right lens and the right camera, I'd be able to take a good photo. But then I discovered this, that there was a series of portraits that I was doing of a particular um, genre of the entertainment industry. Okay, so okay. certain people who worked in a particular genre and all the other areas that I was shooting, I always got fantastic results. Everyone was happy. This particular genre, I found that it was like pulling teeth, Val. And I would go away okay. and think, they're just really difficult. It's them. It's them. I would always go away saying it's their fault that I just can't work with them and they're all the same, uh-huh. and I put all these people into the same. And then one day it dawned on me. It's like, hang on a minute, all these people that I photograph all give me the same energy back, uh, and I'm the common denominator. It's me. Okay. It's me. It's not them. I, do we have to guess? No, like, no, no. Are you going to tell us what genre? It doesn't matter. It just, just doesn't matter. Okay. All right? Uh, you know, I'm not like that. Mm. You know, I don't shoot and tell well. But the point okay. is, it was me and I mm-hmm. needed to change my approach to how I photographed these people. And this can be with a whole lot of – so if you're going away and from lots and lots of shoots and thinking it didn't work, the model didn't give me enough or the model was angry mm-hmm. or, you know, you've got mm-hmm. to think about, well, what energy are you bringing to the shoot? So I think – Energy is really important and to, to, to the point where I believe that 80%, 80% of your energy needs to go in, like you work your guts out to gain a person's mm-hmm. trust and then they'll relax and from there you're going to get a good portrait. So all the chit-chat, everything you do, how you show up from the very first second that you meet that person, everything that happens from there on in, how you get, how you walk across the room to greet them, whether you greet them at the door, all of those things are super, oh, yes. super important and how confident you feel in uh, your ability to capture that shot. So I know that when I was starting out and I wasn't 100% confident in what I was doing, I wasn't always sure that I would I would be happy to get a shot, Val, that like, oh, look, (laughs) I got an image or it's almost in focus. That's a yes. So, you know, (laughs) you have that, you're a little bit nervous and people sense that. So anything you can do to, to um, improve on that and by, and anything by anything, I mean, 
shoot lots and lots and lots and lots of people. And this is one thing that I've noticed with the people in the uh, podcast Facebook group where I see their photos and also the gold members that are out there, the confidence, when you see that shift in confidence and being able to approach people and going and shooting lots and lots and lots and lots of people, you get more comfortable uh, in your ability to be able to photograph them. But before that, Get really comfortable with being able to use your gear. Get that out of the way so that the photography becomes intuitive. So work hard to Mm -hmm. learn how to use your camera so that you can approach that photo shoot with confidence. I can't stress that enough, how important that is that like you're there, you own the space, you're comfortable being there, and then you can uh, go from there. So I think that is the number one, Val, to, to, to own that and uh, be comfortable in your ability as a photographer and to also be relaxed in front of people. And if you're not feeling it, fake it, fake it, because your body can't tell the difference. And if you just do all those techniques, we've talked about these on the podcast before, but you know, this, this applies to job interviews, meeting people. If you have anxiety problems, just tell yourself, you know, I'm amazing at this. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to <laughs> nail it. All the pre-visualization techniques. Cause once you're in it, all those nerves and that anxiety goes away. Would you agree? Like when you're about to go on stage, you might have a bit of uh pre pre sort of um meeting jitters but once you're in it there, there's a certain point where you just relax and you're in it Mm-mm-mm. yes that's right i call it act as if act as if so it, it's 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 just, there's a subtle difference between fake it till you make it and act as if so fake it really till you make it kind of really doesn't sit well with some people because they feel that they're not being authentic and that they're, they're a fraud and that they're faking it and all this kind of stuff but uh that's and that's why i've kind of um called it act as if because act as if you're confident act as if you've um you're really you know, um, you've done this a thousand times before or act as if you are not nervous kind of thing. So it's only a subtle nuance, but I think that for some people it sits a little bit better. And just on that nerve, uh, nervousness, that's perfectly mm. fine. And I know that if any shoot that I go into and I'm not a little bit nervous, uh, it's not a good sign. So don't go in all arrogant that like you, you're the mm. best thing they've ever met and you, you're going to be amazing mm. because that's not a good thing either. I think it's a good, it's good to have like a little bit of nerves because it just, all it means is you care. You care about the end result, not to the point where your nerves cripple you and you can't actually function. But, you know, I think a little bit mm. of nervousness is a good thing. But yeah, I like that, Val. Act as if. That's great. Cool. Okay. So then what else apart from act as if? All right. So the next one I think that is really important is knowing your poses. And there are a number of different ways that you can pose your models. And by model, I mean the person that you're photographing. I'm not talking about, you know, that you're photographing the latest. uh, Oh, McPherson. Well, that's, you know, I don't think she's doing a lot of modeling. She looks amazing though. (laughs) My God. But like, let's, 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 Mm. you got, can you name uh, maybe one of the Kardashians or like what? It's that one that's always doing Vogue. Yeah, numbers. you know, Kendall or yeah, Kylie. Yeah, they'll do. 
Um, not model. I'm just I, I use that that phrase to uh, define anyone that you're photographing, a person, someone with a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Could be a dog, maybe not. It's more <laughs> like a person. But uh, the posing is how you want them to uh, be in your shot, how you want them to stand, where you want them to sit or what you want them to be doing. And that can be something that is a little bit more set up or staged, a certain uh, pose that you want to have for them. Or it could be something that you want to make them look a lot more natural, so a lot more lifestyle-y. But they're not going to happen by chance. That that sort of candid look that you see in photography still takes work and you still need to learn how to direct your model. So I, I've noticed that, that on average, about one, one in 20 people that I photograph kind of have it. They're comfortable with their bodies and it, it, they just get it. Do you know what I mean, Val? I think you've seen this. It's yeah. like I can say, all right, what I want you to do is sit on the – and I might show them, sit on your chair, put your hands here, lean forward a little bit. You'll show them once and they'll go in and they'll just naturally do it and they just have a natural elegance to them. That That's just how they're built. Mm. Uh, the rest of us don't, <laughs> sadly, and it, it <laughs> might take a bit of work. And the varying degrees of awkwardness can go from being like just needing a little bit of coaching, like just to change the tilt of the head or or how, where their feet are, to there are people that it doesn't matter. How, they're just they're always going to be awkward. So I think when you get when you can notice that the person is having great difficulty, you persisting in trying to get them to do this uh, pose that you've seen on, on, on the cover of Vogue where it's like, you know, those <laughs> stupid poses that you see sometimes that just yeah. models, they're all arms and limbs can make it work and they look amazing. But if you try and sort of put that onto your average person who mm-hmm. is also uh, a little bit sort of awkward anyway, then it, it just gets really frustrating for them. They'll they'll just feel really um, uh, embarrassed by the fact that they're not able to do it and you'll end up getting an awkward-looking shot. So uh, it's important to be able to recognise who can do it and who can't. And I think the other important thing in this respect is to uh, learn how to pose yourself. So, Val, let me ask you a question. Can mm-hmm. you describe to me from scratch how to build mm-hmm. a V8 engine from the ground up? Go. <sighs> I can't. Even if you had all the, <laughs> like you watched a YouTube and then explained it to me, could you? You probably could fake probably it. Probably not. You could probably fake it, but <laughs> what's missing in there? Knowledge? Yeah, or the or you haven't actually done it. Yourself or that I even care? No, I I know you don't care, but I've deliberately picked something that you, I know you can't do. <laughs> okay. I was hope, but like there was a little part of me there was like about three percent that goes, "What if she's done this?" <laughs> she goes, "Well, actually, what you well, do is you start with that." Oh yeah, no, in nineteen eighty seven, <laughs> I actually did. I had uh, half an hour to spare, so I did a university degree on how to build a V eight hundred. Yeah, I've got a doctorate in well, V8 they're... engines. <laughs> there are two V8s sitting at the front yard, so it's possible. Yes. <laughs> but uh, so if you had have been a rev head, 
and you've built a V8 engine from the ground up, then you can Mm -hmm. talk with great confidence about how to do it and you know all the little subtle, like the carby's got to go. Like I don't even know what I'm talking about, but do you know what I mean? You you know how to do it. You can then explain it to someone else easily. So I think it's important as a photographer that it's very difficult to – uh, try and direct and pose someone if you don't know how to do it yourself. So I think it's really important yes. that you learn at least three or even if you want to start basic one. One go-to pose that you can do yourself that you know works, that you're confident in doing. So then when you show it to your model, here's what I want you to do and show them. Don't tell them, show them. Get in there and do it. Uh, Mm. then you're going to look good in doing it. It's going to be so easy for you to show them. And then you've suddenly got that, um, that, that, that confidence and and the model will say, oh yeah, you look good. That, that's, that's great. I can, I trust, I trust you, which is a really important one when you're taking someone's photo and uh, you can show Mm. them. So I think the, my three favorite go-to poses when you're starting is the first one, leaning up against a wall. And the reason I say to do this is when you've got someone who's uh, new to being photographed, and let's face it, most people are. It's like it might be their first or second time. No one's, you know, going to be that, – that is their job supermodel model so it's new yes, to them so right. so give give them some support to start with don't just let them sort of stand there okay because they don't know what to do with their hands they don't know what to do with their feet if you give them a wall to lean up against they automatically feel supported it's a little thing but I think it makes a huge difference so I think the leaning against a wall is a good starting point the second where which part should lean against the wall the shoulder so basically um if you've got a wall say uh to your left okay what Mm -hmm. i get the models to do is i stand so that my feet are about say six inches from the wall six to eight inches away from the wall and then i get them to lean in and their shoulder touches the wall and then I get mm-hmm. them to pop their hip out. So basically what happens is it forms an S shape for the body and then they can either have their hands crossed in front of them or have their hands in their pockets or one hand in the pocket, one hand um, hanging down. And it's actually a really easy uh, and people always look comfortable doing this. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a great sort of go-to pose, I think, for a, for. A, Perfect for an opening pose. Okay, great. Leaning against the wall. Yeah. Cool. The other one I love is leaning over something. So if you have like a a low coffee table or a, a bench or something like an ottoman, uh, a bench is good because you don't have to have the people on the floor, but a bench that's sort of uh, a little bit higher than a table, like a maybe like a kitchen bench height or, you know, that height or, or a – yeah. yeah, bar, breakfast bar, bench, something like that. If you get someone to lean up and over that, so maybe have their arms in front of them, I photograph you like this a thousand times, Valerie. Mm-hmm. Um, you lean yep. up and over and you get them to push their face forward and chin down. This works for everyone. And the reason this is flattering is just the simple act of leaning up and over something and chin face forward and chin down. Uh, squares up the jaw it stretches out that uh, skin under the under the chin and uh, makes 
a very flattering portrait. And then it's just up to you, the photographer, to direct the face, uh, whether you want them to have them square onto camera or face slightly three-quarter. But from there, they're fixed. They're not going to go anywhere because you've got them planted, leaning forward over the bench. It's a really good one as like your second option. So you've got two there. And the third one, Val, that I love for So just to clarify, if they're on a if they're leaning leaning over an Ottoman, yeah. they're effectively they're on their knees. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why I sort of said a breakfast uh, bar bench is, is easier because, like, you know, you don't have them on the floor because often people, if they're having to kneel on the floor, it can, get, it can be uncomfortable. So, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, and the third one, Val, and, and particularly mm-hmm. if someone is, if you've got that person that's in that maybe 10% that are just awkward with direction or they're mm. super nervous or you, you just haven't worked with them a lot, a really good one to loosen people up is I just get them to walk towards me and photograph them as they're oh. walking towards me. And they look so okay. relaxed and, and comfortable. So how do you keep focused with that? So what I do is I change the focus from one shot to continuous focus and what the camera right. does. and. When you're starting out, it's a good idea. Like I like to shoot this with a long lens as well. So I'll shoot on, say, the 70 to 200 and I might have a focal length of about 100. So my field of view is very narrow and I'm focused on my person. And what I'll do is I will shoot at an f-stop of maybe f5.6 and the reason I'll – and the reason I encourage – students who are starting out to shoot it at say f.6 for the first time that you're doing this is you want to have uh, a bit of wiggle room in your focus area so what the camera does is it'll focus on the spot that you tell it to and it'll continuously mm-hmm. refocus as the person's moving towards you so the camera's doing all the work for you you've just got to make sure that you keep the camera lined up and what I like to do with this shot is have the camera very low to the ground shoot low and long and just get the person to walk towards me, turn around and walk away and walk towards me, turn around and walk away. This works with Mm -hmm. single, two people, three people, five people. If you've got five CEOs, uh, that's an impossible shot to get looking relaxed, a lot of work, especially Mm -hmm. if they're a little bit awkward. So you have five of them in a line uh, walking towards you. I call it my reservoir dog shot. Uh, it, it just works because you've got all this energy. It works for family portrait. It just works. So F5.6, have a shutter and shoot daylight, have a shutter speed of say one two fiftieth of a second or higher if, if, you're, uh, if the light allows and that will give you a good looking shot. So you've got three there. Go what to if they're with different heights? It works. Like if you've got five CEOs and they're really like some really tall, really short, you know what I mean? Like and and the reservoir dogs walking to the camera. So here's the really great little hack when you're shooting low and long. Uh, what what mm-hmm. happens with the long lens is it uh, condenses the background. It brings everything forward. So you can use uh, an optical the optical illusion of having the shorter and smaller person at the front of the group, they're going to mm. appear bigger than everyone else. You put the larger ones behind, so maybe even a, a three three steps behind the shorter person, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, what happens is when you shoot low and long, 
the the distortion of the long lens actually evens everyone out and you'll have the group looking like they're the same size. So what you would do is is exactly that with the aim of making them more uniform yes. because you feel that they it looks better that they're more uniform. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, you know, if there, if if one of the CEOs is like six foot six and one is five foot, then you want to try and you don't want them to all look the same size, but not make it look like there's such a you know huge difference in size. You can actually like even yeah. it out a lot more, and also uh, it's not just. Uh, height size it can be uh, sort of their 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 frame size as well there's lots of little tricks mm. that you can do with that optical illusion so if you've got someone who is a slightly larger frame and you have them in a group with uh, other people who are more slight of frame then um, mm. the other optical illusion that I love to use is have the have them overlap so the larger framed person uh, is slightly back to appear slightly smaller and then you have the slighter frame people overlapping them so in front Mm. and what that it's just an optical illusion because you you don't see part of the larger frame person's body you just see the slighter frame and it looks like everyone is the same size it's amazing so you can work a lot with this uh with and if it if this is i think it's really important no you go on Sorry about if if this is something that you want to experiment with and you don't always have uh, the opportunity to work with uh, lots of different frame you know size people, um, what you can do is get your long lens and go to a toy store and buy yourself. <laughs> I'm dead serious here. Buy yourself dolls. Mm-hmm. Like you can get mm. superhero doll, but like get sort of the same brand doll. But like I had like I think for when we did the uh, master manual mode, get off order master manual mode mm-hmm. course, I had a family of dolls. I had like yes, remember those? So something yeah, like that where you've great. got different size people, so you can play with these optical illusions uh, using your long lens. Just in the com- I know it's uh, in the uh, northern hemisphere. It's winter now, so a lot a lot of people just can't even get outside to 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 do any shoots so you've got this uh winter ahead of you and you want some activities have a practice with uh using mm-hmm. that that forced perspective and long lens just using dolls and daylight and see what happens because it's it's a, a real eye opener and these are techniques that you can use uh when you next get an opportunity to photograph groups of people like that it's it's a really good way to and- do it and I mention this actually because um, I do think it's really important when you are photographing groups, particularly if they're, let's say it was five CEOs, they are meant to be, um, you know, fairly of equal standing. Um, and if you do have giant variations, do bear that in mind. A lot of photographers, I've met heaps of photographers who do not bear that in mind. And I specifically remember once um, a photographer was trying to shoot me and four other people in the a reservoir dogs kind of style yeah. and they got us just got us walking to the camera going back walking to the camera going back however for reasons that defy explanation they wanted us to walk around a corner mm. and the other people in the shot you know I'm like five foot two practically and there are other people in the shot who are over six foot and but 
not only were we walking around a corner, they put me in the furthest out. So I had to take the biggest strides to get yeah, around the corner, yeah. whereas the people on the inner part, you know, just had to what go an inch and they were practically around the corner. So it looked ridiculous. Yeah, and so, absolutely ridiculous. And then you're stressed because so your 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 expression. So I'm trying be, to like run. Yeah, you're, I'm practically you're, you're running to run because they what it's like kind of almost one and a half steps to their one just to keep up with them. Mm. And and then you and know, go around a corner. Yeah. So like I would have had I would have you and anyone else that was of similar height up the front. And it, if you do this the right way and spread everyone else out you you knock mm. it doesn't look like you're leading the pack Val because that's not the idea you don't want to sort of unless it's the CEO and maybe his his team and for some reason or her mm. team and you want to um, have that person standing out slightly what you want to do is make everyone look even and th- this is what it does you can't tell that you're three feet in front of the six foot six person when you're shooting with a long mm. lens, you can't tell. It's a really yep. great hack, I think, to remember. Yep. Yep. All right, cool. So what's next? Okay, light. Light, light, light is everything. So you can flatter any skin tone, make everyone look great. So, again, I've talked about this a lot, but it's worth reminding everyone if you have the choice mm. between a great location and great lighting go with light because mm. if if you because often and I've done it before like you've seen you see the great location oh my god this location's amazing it's going to make it the best backdrop but you don't investigate when the good light is and if you're planning on just shooting with daylight then you get to that location and the location's amazing but the light is average so you get this amazing location but everyone looks a bit caca because the light is not falling right. <laughs> now, if you know how to light and use external lights, then you can shoot anywhere. But if you're just learning and just starting out, then you want to make it as easy on yourself as possible. So look for flat, even lighting so open shade so anywhere where you don't have sunlight look for garage lighting we we all know what garage lighting is i don't think i need to explain it again uh someone actually mm-hmm. shot a whole series of images in that are uploaded in the goal community that actually were like a, a big beautiful garage the garage was in the shot the families posed out the front <laughs> it was like such a good example so look for yeah. flat even lighting that is that is probably the the best thing you can do if you've got a light source have it at your back so if you've got like large windows have them at your back so that they're pumping all this um, flat even lighting onto the person's face very very flattering and then Mm. I like to when you expose a skin tone with your camera set to auto uh, expose the camera is always going to give you an average reading so if you just rely on your camera's auto metering you're going to get a skin tone that is detailed average and you're going to see all the flaws and detail in the skin if you want a slightly more flattering skin tone then I recommend that um, you take that exposure and you open up by a stop so if it's uh, the camera reading is telling you to shoot at f 5.6 is the correct 
exposure, I would open up to F4, mm-hmm. open up by one stop, allow more light in to give you a brighter skin tone. And there is a lot of latitude. You're not going to blow the skin tone out if you do it in this way. Again, experiment. Uh, if you're stuck at home, you don't have models to work with, get yourself a styrofoam head, painted mm-hmm. mid-grey. Don't use... Um, mm. Don't use the what's the not use a water-based paint. Don't do what I did, and now I've got something that looks like it was dug up from Pompeii. The, the it just like melted. <laughs> <laughs> it melted all the styrofoam. Uh, so so a mid grey is a good idea because that's what the camera is metering off. And have a play around with uh, opening up by a stop and just seeing how far you can push that. It makes a big difference. The other thing with light is. As a a beginner, uh, using a shallow depth of field is a really good way to get flattering portraits. So what you do is you say you shoot as wide open as your lens will allow. So if you've got a kit lens, it might be f4 or f5.6. If you've got a a slightly faster lens, you might be able to open up to f2.8. Some lenses open up even wider than that. And you focus on the eyes. And what happens is it'll be sharp on the eyes. But as you get to the skin tone of the face, it'll be just out of focus, which just takes the edge off the skin tone. So that's going Mm. to be uh, also uh, a little bit uh, quite flattering. Uh, So that's a good beginner tip. Next level up, Mm. if you want to take your uh, photography next level, you can completely dramatically change the shape of someone's face by learning how to light it. And so when you see those amazing uh, cover images on magazines where, you know, you see models and celebrities look amazing. They're lit. It's not daylight. It, it, they're sharp. They're lit. And then you've got Photoshop to help you as well. But you can actually show off people's cheekbones and really sculpt their face and, and radically change their appearance. It's like it looks like them, just a, a thousand percent better. So there is a lot you can do with lighting, which is next level stuff awesome i love it okay that's so we we'll, we'll save that for another episode yes or right. the next level stuff yeah 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 <laughs> but that's uh, you know uh it, it th- as a starting point work with flat light overexpose the skin and shallow depth of field is going to get you uh, give you a very good looking flattering portrait cool okay Okay. What's next? So next is confidence. Okay. So whose confidence? You your confidence being, or the confidence so of the It's all about you, the photographer. So your model, anything that they do is it's uh your your responsibility to bring it out of them. So if you're going to be confident and be able to give direction with confidence, then that's going to really work with you. So Val, have you ever had a procedure by, say, a dentist or a doctor or a chiropractor? Probably, yes, yes. we all have. Have you noticed how, uh, and they all, I think all uh, medical practitioners are trained in this way and I, I think mm-hmm. it's amazing the way they do that and I think that all medical practitioners with that training would make very good portrait photographers because <laughs> what they do mm-hmm. is they tell you Everything they're about to do, and it must have to do with obviously a patient is stressed if someone is poking and prodding, you know. So if you've ever had 
blood, uh, a blood test or an x-ray or a tooth pulled? Have you noticed how the uh, medical person will say, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going about to put the injection in. You're going to feel a little prick now. I always laugh yes. when I hear you're going to feel a little prick because I'm 14. But anyway. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Okay. Um. And now we're going to, you know, uh, we're going to put the numbing cream on and you, your mouth will start. This is if you're at the dentist, hopefully, not the doctors. Your mouth is going to start to feel numb. Now I'm going to start drilling. You might hear a bit of – have you noticed how they explain everything that they do? And it's somehow like whilst it's oversharing and sometimes I go, I don't – just just do it. Just take the tooth out. I don't want to hear. Let me watch TV. Yes. My dentist has – your dentist have a TV you can watch while you – on the roof? Yes, yeah, it's do. fantastic. Yes. Um, <laughs> it takes a lot of the stress away because, and you feel like, well, we're working together now because you're, t- and I'm cooperating with you because you're telling me everything that you're doing rather than just doing it. So, as photographers, you, we, we can take that, that sort of that line. And I like to do this when I'm shooting because I think that saying nothing and not including the person that you're photographing in the process, that the silence is when people start to wonder, even if they're professionals, Val, and they've been models for, you know, 20 years, if you're just shooting and loving the photos, oh, my God, the photos are amazing, but you're not saying any of this out loud, you're just quietly going, mm-hmm. shoot, shoot, shoot. The poor model's sitting there going, um, am I am I all right? Is this... Am I standing? Mm-hmm, yes. Does it look any good? So include them in the th- in in the entire shoot St- from the start. Okay, what I'm going to do is you're going to sit you there, and I'm going to take about 15 frames. Okay, so what I want you to do is I want you to push your face forward, chin down, because when you push your face forward, and I might even explain it and show it to them with a side profile so they can see what it looks like on me, okay? So when you push Mm. your face forward and put your chin down, see how it makes you look more confident? I'll show you. And they go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I want you to do. And, And when you push your face forward, it also squares up your jaw. And then if you ever stop and you're checking the back of the camera for focus, I always stop and I say, okay, I'm just checking the back of my camera. I'm just checking focus. Now, this is the one that a lot of uh, emerging photographers are reluctant to do because they think that saying this out loud means they're incompetent. So you're not, you right. don't want to tell the other person that I'm not sure if I got the focus. I'm just checking mm. focus. But it's perfectly fine to say that. It's perfectly fine to say, okay, hang on. I'm just checking focus. Yep. Let's keep going. Or I'm just tweaking my lights now. Or I'm just doing that. Include them in the process and it, and, yes. and keep talking. And they feel like they're involved. They feel like they're involved. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. All right. Next one, visual cues. So when you're directing someone, rather than just saying, okay, if you've got someone standing in front of you and there is a window camera right and there is a red wall camera left, if you just say, okay, turn to your right, who's right? Mm-hmm. Their right? Yes. My right. <laughs> Always confusing. So when you get into any situation, before you start directing, look around and look for obvious visual cues. Don't just go look at the wall when there's four walls around them, you know, or mm. look 
towards the light often confuses people. So uh, you can say give you can give people an eye line, a direction to look in by finding a, an obvious visual cue that is unique in the room. So uh, the red wall, camera left, is unique. There's only one red wall. And the window, camera right, is also unique. So just turn your face towards the window. The other thing that I love to do is I use – and the advantage of shooting on a tripod – my hands are free and I can mm. have my left hand and my right hand up. And often when I'm shooting, I have my hands above my head and I use them as eye lines and I also use them to tilt and guide people's he- heads. So what I'll do is I'm like, I'll hold up my right hand if I want them to, uh, their head in a certain direction. And I'm just like, okay, can I just have your eye line to where my hand is? And you can hold your hand up. And they can look where your hand is. And then you can actually just guide their head. Just follow my hand. And you can actually move their head to wherever you want without even having to touch them or or say anything. So that's a great way to get eye line. And then another one that I Mm -hmm. use that's really effective is I bring my hands in front of me about head width apart. uh, And I cup their Mm -hmm. head, not not literally, just uh, it looks like I'm doing it from a distance. And I go, okay, I want you to tilt your head and I can follow my hands and and they can tilt their head either to the left or to the right. And it's like you've got strings on the end of your hands. They're like a puppet in your hands. It's a a really easy technique because people, when they're nervous, will naturally um, bring their chin up and their head back. They kind of rear back. That's that's a natural stance for people that they're a little bit. Uh, uh, yes, that's true. Yeah. I've never thought e- of that. Everyone does so that. True. So I'm forever uh, saying chin down, chin down, and chin down, and chin down, and eyes to eyes to me, and chin down. It's like a, a broken record because you'll they'll have their chin down, then they'll relax, and their chin goes back up. It's a ner- it's a nervous thing. Yeah. Right. Cool. All right. So I never it, it never occurred to me. Yeah. But you're you're tr- you're right. Yeah. So the next one, Val, is my toilet training philosophy. Okay, toilet so yeah. training. So this goes back to when I was toilet training my kids, and uh, <laughs> what I did, uh, <laughs> someone gave me some really good advice uh, with toilet training. They're like, it's the same as training a dog, exactly the same. Praise the good, ignore the bad. Okay. That's it. So. Uh, whenever someone does something great or you see something good when you've got someone in front of you, you just say, that's amazing. You look amazing. That Mm -hmm. was fantastic. That was great. So turn your head out to the window. That's great. Fantastic. Turn your head to the wall. Amazing. Excellent. If they, you say, turn your head to the red wall and they turn their head to the window, you don't go, Mm -hmm. oh, you're a klutz. <laughs> you don't you don't bag them out at that point. You just go okay, and over, and then you might point to the wall as well if they need a little bit of help. So you just mm-hmm. never point out anyone's mistakes and just keep praising and praising and praising, and you're going to get a better reaction than oh, I've seen photographers yell at people. Val, I've seen them yell. <laughs> people yes. don't do what they want. Like mm. yell at them. No, I said, look out the window. What's the matter with you? That is not how you speak to people. It's not like you're not going to get a good result. You're going to scare your model. So you want to make them feel safe and relaxed and 
encourage them. Constantly praise, constantly praise, ignore them. And there, there are ways that you can, you know, if you notice something that's not working, you'll just say, I just want you to turn slightly to the side. Great. Mm. Not, I want you to turn slightly to the side because from this angle, your butt you look looks good. huge. <laughs> you don't say that. You don't. But so I've I've seen that done as well, sadly. So just keep praising, oh and it's all about making people feel great and sharing in that with them. So if you notice the <laughs> light looks amazing in their eyes, don't just say it in your head. Say it. Out. I I say stuff out. You've heard me, Val, obviously, but I just talk the whole time. Oh my god, that's amazing! Yes. Sometimes I throw in, "I should be a photographer." That's my favorite line. <laughs> but oh my god, the light looks amazing! And just share that joy that you feel. Don't keep it inside you because in sharing that joy, you're going to uh, transfer that to your model, who is then going to feel like feel amazing. And if someone feels amazing, they look amazing. There's a connection. What if you're not feeling the joy? What if it's not? you know turning out the way you want it to look you keep chipping away but there's always something good that you will see oh my god like then i'll just go to the breeze that blew i will find something Val. like the the hair looks good (laughs) in the breeze oh my god look at that wind so your hair looks amazing you know even if they're not (laughs) you know they're not looking relaxed they're still and i'll just keep Keep going, chip. It's like chip away, chip away, chip. You, we've seen it. We've done it together. We've been on shoots together with our where you at the end of it, you've gone. I don't know how you had the patience to keep going. I was ready to stab yes. that person. Right? You've got to yes. just keep chip, 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 and eventually, mm-hmm. eventually, you get there. And eighty yes. percent of the work, work your guts out to get the shot, and just keep your energy high and know that there'll be a reward Mm. some people you need to work harder for yes (laughs) (laughs) cool i like the toilet training philosophy yes uh all right so the next one i think we covered uh in a segue earlier which was shoot low and long for full length shots Mm -hmm. so i think we've covered that so long lens 100 to 200 low so like i'm kneeling most of the time when I'm shooting. So that's how low I am uh, and and long. I, I think that is. And hot tip, what Gina gets is the thing, the, knee, the, the things that you kneel on when you're gardening that you can buy from the hardware store. Yep. So that her knees don't hurt. The best invention ever made. So you can get the ones that you strap onto your knees, but I, not cool. If you want, you can get those. <laughs> or I've got these little rubber ones and they weigh nothing. So they, they just stay permanently in the top part of my camera bag and I just put them out, put them on the ground. They're great as well like because you don't always want to kneel in the sand or if it's been raining or it's asphalt. So they protect your jeans as well. So And just you can then work all day um, like that. If you don't want to kneel, you can get a low stool that you can sit on as well cool all right what's next all right so i think it's important particularly if you're and i think this works for everything give your model something to do and just get them to keep repeating it so uh when i gave the example of the walking to camera and walking away that's a classic beginner's example of giving your model something to do walk towards me and then i might add 
put your hands in your pockets while you're walking towards me or pretend you're um, adjusting your cuff or playing with a necklace or if you've got someone sitting down and you're doing a portrait of them sitting uh, I'll say we'll play just twirl the ring on your finger if you don't have one pretend there's a ring on your finger look down look back up look down just keep them engaged look out the window and come back to me and all that is is just a basic technique to get people out of their thinking head because if you leave them in their thinking head while you're photographing them they're likely to freeze up and start the inner monologue of the model is like they're not saying anything I wonder if I'm doing that I I feel fat I wonder if these jeans look any the whole thing goes through their head and that shows in their facial expression but if you give them something to do it's less likely that they're going to stiffen up and freeze so giving them that fluid motion and you're constantly shooting through this and sometimes you might have them gazing out the window not because you wanted that profile but because when they come when you say and eyes back to me and they look at you again they're relaxed. They don't have that photo face where their eyes are kind of staring at you. There's more movement. So there's something to do. It doesn't have to be a major thing. It could be as little as looking up and looking down. Simple as that. So if you've got that leaning Mm -hmm. over the bench, it can be, okay, what I want you to do is look out towards the light or you can have your hand. Okay. Just eyes to my hand. Great. And back to camera and eyes to my hand and back to camera. And that I, if I've got someone in front of me who I can see they're really nervous, like super nervous, I might just do that for the first five minutes. And there is a Mm. point, it's usually around frame 15 or 17 that you just see them visibly relax like because suddenly this strange environment that they're in that is so foreign that they've created in this head that it's going to be bigger than it is becomes normal. It becomes their new normal and they're completely relaxed and you maybe don't need to do that. But that's just a little exercise to get them started and get them out of their thinking head. Also, just when Gina mentions, say, leaning over an ottoman or leaning over a breakfast bench uh, in the kitchen, I think it's important to understand that, um, yes, we don't normally lean over ottomans, you know, (laughs) and we don't normally lean over breakfast benches. So you're not actually taking a long shot. You're actually taking quite a tight shot. Um, so you're not seeing that they're leaning in a unusual way, in a you know unfamiliar way. Yeah, and just on that, that that's a good point, Val. Just on that, and another thing, going back to the medical practitioner's guide to photography, I wish they wrote a book. Uh, is telling the model what the cropping point is because often if you're giving them mm. uh okay I want you to lean over the bench they're seeing that oh god I can see uh I can see your bum crack and that's not a very mm. flattering angle and I always point out I'm like I know this looks awkward but here's my framing my frame I'm cropping here and here and I physically show mm. them and sometimes I might uh you can sell, help sell the shot by you take a good shot and show them the back of the camera. So you go, see, it's cropped in tight. And then they go, oh, my God, I look amazing. I go, yeah, you do. And then, you can, and then you've got <laughs> Do them. they say it like that? Yeah, they always say it like, oh, my God, I love myself mm-hmm. fully sick. Uh, and then mm-hmm. you can sell the shot to them a lot easier. And I used to do this with Polaroids and then with digital. But make sure that when you show them the back of the camera, uh, 
only show them when you know that it's well lit and they and and you've got them in the pose that you want. Otherwise, just mm. visually show them by showing them the cropping with your hands as you're demonstrating it. And okay, by the way, there's the camera and I'm cropping the bottom of the frame is here and you might point to somewhere in the middle of your uh, torso and then just above your head. That's all I'm seeing. And then I'm not seeing, you know, any of this. I'm just seeing uh, this This is my framing. That that really helps. And that that's, again, part of involving them in the shoot. Yeah. Awesome. What next? All right. So... Uh, Last couple, Val, uh, mirroring. So that is uh, a technique. I, I do this naturally. So when I am with someone, if I'm with someone who speaks really fast and loud and, oh, yeah, mm. amazing, I find myself mm. matching them in tone and speed. I just – I've always done it. I don't know why, but that, that happens. That helps a lot to uh, make that person feel comfortable and the flip side mm-hmm. of that is if I'm ever photographing someone who is quiet and shy and softly spoken and I come in really loud, oh, yeah, baby, look look at the camera, woo-woo, that person, there's a mismatch. So if someone is very mm-hmm. quiet and shy and softly spoken, I find myself lowering my voice, soft, speaking mm. softer and matching their tone and their timing. And this is a game changer. So just matching their energy is really going to help. Maybe if they're really flat and low, you want to bring them up a little bit. You don't want to low, you know, mm. uh, lower your, yourself all the way to really flat and flat line because uh, that might cause you to become depressed. But just, <laughs> but not not being such a huge mis- mis- mismatch. Yep, that makes sense. And you think that's just because it makes them more comfortable? Yeah, I think or? it does. I think it works in all all situations as well. It's um, I think it's uh, just something nice to do to direct. And also, uh, I think a lot of uh, new photographers see a certain style of directing where they might see a photographer who is quite extroverted in their style, and they think mm. I need to be extroverted in my style. I need to go, yeah, right. baby, woo. That's so cool. And if you're not like that as a person, it's going yes. to come off as fake. It it never will feel yeah. right. And the person will see that you're not you don't mean to be, woo, I'm just woo, you know, all of that. Um doesn't work. Woo. So so be yourself. Just be natural and whatever however you speak naturally, whatever you're comfortable saying, and even all the phrases is like, you know, I could give you all a script of all the stuff that I say, uh, but that's stuff that I say in, you know, all mm. the, it doesn't work for everyone. So it needs to be as you do more and more people, you'll find that you'll it's like you're a com- comedian trying out lines. It's like that, you know, sometimes it feels like that you'll throw out a line and it, it'll get a laugh and you'll go, okay, let me remember that. That, that gets a genuine laugh every time I say it. Store that one. Mm. And then you might try out another one and you just get a confused look as no one understands your joke. You go, okay, never use that one again. So it's just a matter of, you know, <laughs> keep, keep trying, but, but it has to be authentic and come from you. Yep. Cool. Okay. 
Love it. All right. Is, are, are there more? One more. Last one, and that's uh, connect. So uh, learn how to connect with your model. And like all these uh, other nine points have all been part of connecting. But finally, just, you know, the art of chit-chat, what you say when you're photographing a person. Find some safe topics to talk about and go there. You don't don't want to launch into a deep and meaningful so. Uh, who'd you vote for and, um, you know, how much money do you make? Maybe steer away from those topics or, oh, wow, you broke up with your boyfriend. Tell me about it. Uh, and just go with light, simple chit-chat. Did you drive here? Did you go to the how cafe? How important is there? Because I know that some people find it difficult, some photographers find it difficult to make small talk. Yeah, I think it's super important and I think it's a, a skill that's worth learning, a good way to learn this skill and it is a skill that can be learned, the subtle art of chit-chat, is to in your mm. day-to-day life like uh, and, and you may be very shy and very introverted but just make a habit of for five for one minute each day okay start slow start low bar uh when i go and get my coffee this morning uh i am going to initiate a conversation with the barista you know hi dave and it's going to feel (laughs) awkward at the start and then but as you get more confident you realize that the sky didn't fall in and that they actually enjoyed you engage with them and then you might try Jan in accounts. Jan in accounts does not like to talk to anyone. But I, there is a lady at my supermarket, stone face and scary. I was afraid of her, Val. That's saying a lot. I'm not afraid of the anyone. The lady at the supermarket. The lady at the supermarket that guards you. You know when you do the self-checkout to make sure that no one's ripping off half the supermarket, they just watch you. You yeah. know that person? Yeah stone face and looked so unhappy and I was like oh my god you are scary and I'm like I'm going to crack her so I just worked on it and then one day I just got the courage to have a conversation with her and the smile on her face and now we're mates But I was afraid at first because in my head I thought if I approach her she's going to yell at me why would you think that? Because Were you trying people, to steal something no, from the supermarket? Try, no, she's just she just has this, uh, and she doesn't even know it, but she has a resting bitch face, right? And mm. doesn't know it, so she's quite scary. That's probably why she's put in that position. And I wanted to see if I could crack that. And just as an exercise, because this is how I entertain myself, I'm going to go, I'm going to engage mm. her in conversation. And I did, and she was lovely, and we had a chat for five minutes, and now we smile at each other every time we see each other. Oh, my God, you're hilarious. But the point is that it might not be to to um, try something as hard as that, that person, but just make it easy. So you go to when you're paying for your petrol. Um, Dave, how's, how was your day? Just, chi- just mindless chit-chat and get comfortable with that and get good at it because – it really helps with portrait photography. Mm. Force yourself into so because now the extroverts or the people who already find it very easy to connect with other people yeah. are going to think, you know, what in the world are you talking yeah. about? 
But the reality is there are a lot of people and a lot of photographers who I've met who do find it difficult just to make that kind of small talk. And so your portrait photography will improve if you force yourself to put yourself in positions where you do need to make that kind of small talk because um, it is a very, very important skill to have. Yeah, and if you've got friends with teenagers, you know that awkward age, what is it, 14 to 16, where you can't even – Hey, go on. They just grunt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they just grunt. Go, go invite yourself around and go. I just want to talk to your teenage daughter for two minutes <laughs> and just see if you can get a conversation without them rolling their eyes. But you, because they're probably <laughs> the hardest to crack. But you know that that's like the the gold standard. If you can get to that and have a conversation with a teenager, you're doing you're doing well. That's hilarious. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Well, that was really cool. This is How to Take Flattering Portraits of Anyone, a bunch of awesome golden rules and some techniques. Uh, Hope you find it useful. Yeah, absolutely. A a very good topic for this week. Thanks, Belle. Hmm. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Uh, Where do we find you online, Gina? So ginamilitia.com, that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A and at Gina Militia on Instagram and Twitter and I'm also in the Facebook community, uh, Facebook podcast group. And if you want to connect with me in person, if you want to learn more about these sort of uh, posing and directing hacks, there's heaps of stuff in the goal community. This is what we talk about a lot. We did a whole big master, um, ask me anything on this and heaps of tutorials. So that's at ginamilitia.com and click on join the community. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and um, at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.